Hey everybody and welcome to this week's episode of Breaking and Entering, the journey of a black woman breaking into a white dominated industry. My name is Jasmine Bushbacher and I am a pastry chef. I really started this podcast because this has been a very, very, very long and tough journey for me to start out as a hobby baker um, and transitioning to a home baker and now being um, not just a full-blown entrepreneur, but a full-blown businesswoman, business owner, and getting to the point of opening my shop here in just a few months. Um, Like I said before, my name is Jasmine. I am a wife and mother of four, and we currently live in Texas. We're originally from Chicago, but we currently live in Texas. Um, I am a pastry chef. I started baking really when I was a little girl. Um, It really started during the holidays, um, and I just kind of fell in love with it, and it just never stopped. And... As I got older, I became more and more happy as I was baking. And so, of course, most millennials (laughs) have that hustle mentality. And they're like, okay, so how can I turn this hobby into something that could be financially beneficial for me? And that's pretty much how I started my business, which is Jazzy Cakes Bake Shop. Now, I started Jazzy Cakes Bake Shop. Uh, officially, if I'm not mistaken, in maybe 2014 or, yeah, I believe 2014, that's when I registered with the um, tax assessor's office and pretty much started paying taxes for my business, so sale taxes. I registered with the state of Texas, um, and so that's pretty much how I started out. Now, Jazzy Cakes Bake Shop is my home-based business. And I follow Texas cottage food laws. Um, And so it is, although it allows me to continue doing what I love, it is very restricting. So there are a lot of things that I cannot sell. Um, There are a lot of uh, labels that I have to include and um, all of that. And I definitely try my best to follow the rules. Or in this case, I definitely follow the rules all the time um, when it comes to Texas cottage laws just because I don't want to jeopardize my business, my livelihood. Um, but I also don't want to hurt anyone. I don't want anyone to get sick. Um, so I am as careful as I possibly can. Um, so yeah, I started Jazzy Cakes Bake Shop back in 2014 and I've been doing that ever since. And right before the pandemic really hit, um, at the at the end of 2019, I really was just like, hey, I am really tired of doing this from my kitchen. You know, I pretty much had to build my own um, baking studio in my home so that I can keep pretty much my kids out of my space. So I pretty much have an entirely separate kitchen. You know, I have a separate refrigerator. I have um, separate prep tables, all that stuff. So my children, um, don't come in the baking studio at all. So it was very hard creating a separate space in my home. And then 
you know, kind of taking space from really the entertaining area, the entertaining area that my kids um, had when we first moved into the house. (laughs) But as business grew, I really didn't have a lot of choices. And so that's really how I just kept expanding and kept getting bigger. So yeah, that is what Jazzy Cakes Bake Shop is. But in 2019, I was just like, hey, this is just too much. (laughs) This is too much. I was like, I want to get out of my house. I want to have my own space, my own commercial kitchen. And then that would allow me to do more, offer more products, offer more flavors, offer more fillings, things like that. Um, because I wouldn't be tied down. I wouldn't be tied down to the cottage food laws because essentially I would be getting um, inspected by the health inspector. So I would be able to do more things and have more fillings and I'd be able to deal with perishable items and fresh fruits and things like that. Um, Or, you know, I'd be able to do more because I would be licensed. And so I was just telling myself, and this was at the beginning of of 2019, I was just like, yeah, I have to get out of here. I got to do it. And so that's when the idea of the jazz patisserie started to develop. Originally, I was like, oh, I'm going to stick with my name, Jazzy Cakes Bake Shop. You know, I'm Jasmine. It's Jazzy. I love jazz music. Like it was very... um, I don't want to say it was corny, (laughs) but um, it was just very much, I feel very elementary and it didn't feel, it didn't feel complete to me. And also I felt like the name was too long. Um, And it was always a hassle when people would call. Um, And then also people assumed that they could call me Jazzy, which nobody does. And I actually don't like it. Um, I don't like Jazzy. I don't like JJ. None of that stuff. (laughs) Like you can call me Jasmine and that's that. Um, But that's a whole nother story. But um, it really came down to, man, I really don't like the name anymore. I think it was great for what I was doing, but I really want to have something that's more sophisticated that, you know, a lot of people would notice. I want it to seem different or sound different. Um, And so I started to just kind of go into deep thought about how I wanted to transition my business to something bigger and something better, something more noticeable. And that's pretty much how the concept of the jazz patisserie was born. But also the year prior is when I started to do more French pastries. So I started to do French macarons. I was doing a lot of um, tarts and things like that. And so I really fell in love with pastry. Um, and I'm, of course, I love to eat. Um, I love bread. I love carbs. And so pastry just was kind of second nature to me. It was really just like breathing. And so when I started, I was like, oh, this is so awesome. But because some of the items that I like to make, I'm not able to sell under cottage food laws. I was just like, oh, I can't, I can't even be bothered with it because I got to focus. Um, but it never really left the back of my mind. And so 
I really just started to think more on it, pray on it, and just say, you know what? If this is something that I that is meant for me, it's gonna happen. And so in I believe like March or April of 2019, I every like my husband, he was so sick of it. Like everywhere I was, everywhere we drove around, anytime I saw a for lease sign in a commercial space, I was like, oh, stop, stop, pull over because I wanted to get the number and call <laughs> and just be like, oh, how much is the rent? And of course, I did not have any experience. I didn't, um, I didn't have a mentor. Um, I didn't have anything like that. I pretty much, you know, was going off of the stuff that I already knew. And the only thing I knew so far was really about, you know, getting your DBA and forming your sole proprietorship and things like that. So I thought I was hot stuff and I thought I knew that's all I needed to do. All I had to come in and, you know, I that's all I needed. So, you know, I was very inexperienced. And so I would call these places up, say, oh, hey, I'm, you know, interested in the property at such and such, such and such on Northwest Highway or whatever. And then um, I say, you know, how many different units do you have available or how many different spaces do you have available? And I was pretty much talking to these um these management companies, like they were regular old apartment leasing, you know, companies. And that was my first mistake thinking, oh, if I can go in and sign the lease and do X, Y, and Z, I can just go in, start baking, start selling, making money. And that's that. Um, and then they started saying, oh, okay. So, uh, <laughs> the rent or, you know, the lease amount per month is going to be, you know, such and such per square feet or, you know, they never just came back and said, okay, the lease amount is, you know, $850 a month. You're responsible for X, Y, and Z. And that's that. Like it wasn't laid out like with apartments. Um, And I've always lived in apartments except for the last few years we bought our house. So we live in a house now, but I've, I've always been familiar with the apartment process and the application process. And I approached this in that same way. And I was sadly mistaken. (laughs) And there was so much that I had to unlearn. Um, And so that's really where the bumps in the road started is because I already had the mentality like, oh, what I'm doing, I'm so passionate about what I'm doing. I don't really need to know anything else. I can just go with the flow. And that's just not the case when it comes to um, starting and running a business. Um, You have to be organized. You have to do your research. You have to do your homework. And the common misconception with a lot of people is that once you have the information you need at that point, you think that you can just stop um, searching for information. You believe that you can stop doing your research and that couldn't be further from the truth. The truth is um, really business is a can, something that continuously evolves. Requirements change. Uh, (laughs) Business responsibilities change. Requirements for getting into these spaces, all of that stuff can change. And if you are not 
keeping yourself up to date and making sure you are staying up to date on current information, especially in the city or the county or state that you're in, it's going to be extremely hard for you to be successful. Um, And I know that there's no way humanly possible that you can be prepared for everything, but I really truly believe that there's absolutely no reason that you should stop seeking knowledge, especially with something that you love and that you're passionate about. So that's really what got me into this is because I was hitting so many obstacles and hitting so many bumps in the road. And I had my friends and families they were just like, man, this is rough. And I had, you know, my poor husband had to listen to me cry about how people aren't being, you know, aren't giving me a chance and aren't doing this. And um, that wasn't always the case. I wasn't always being, you know, I wasn't always having chances taken away from me and things like that. It was really because I was not prepared for what was required of me. And so I, you know, was calling these places, calling all these places, trying to get information about these spaces that they're leasing. And I literally, like, I was having, I was damn near having a heart attack every time they would tell me what the price is. And I'm like, in this area, in this area, in that area, it was one place in Mesquite that was, a restaurant. It was closed. It said for, you know, for lease. I was like, oh man, that's a big space. It's perfect. I will have all the space that I need. I can have like a little sit down area where people can come in, sit, drink their coffee, eat their pastries, whatever, eat their cake, whatever. And I called and they were like, oh, it's $6,000 a month. And I was just like, excuse me. And they were like, oh, and by the way, before we can even, um, really start going into detail. Um, Here's the application you would have to pass, you would have to go ahead and fill that out. Here's the application for it. You need to provide a full business plan, yada, yada, yada. And I was just like, wait, what? I gotta do what? A business plan? So I'm like, okay, I got a plan. I got a plan. So in my head, I'm thinking my business plan, I just need to write down what I wanna do, what I wanna sell, you know, that kind of stuff. And, you know, come up with my the name of my business. And that was it. And I was literally getting laughed at because they're just like, what is this? Do you not know what you're doing? And the truth of the matter is, I didn't. I did not know what I was doing. And that was the moment that I had a shift and was just like, okay, I got work to do. And so that you know, in April of 2020, or not 2020, 2019, in April of 2019, that's when I really was just like, okay, let me figure out what I need to do. And let me figure out what, what resources that are out there. Let me ask all the questions. Let me just try, you know, let me go out here and just be receptive to the information that people are giving me and really let go of that. I can do anything. I know what I'm doing because I don't. I don't know everything. I believe I can do everything. I believe I can do anything, but I don't know everything. And so I had to let go of that idea that I didn't need help. 
And so once I did that and I started to really open my ears, open my eyes, listen to the people um, around me that were experts in their field and just soak all that information up like a sponge. And so now fast forward to February of 2022, I'm breaking ground on my lease space and we're, you know, doing our construction in there, doing all our leasehold improvements. We've got our equipment and things like that. And, you know, along the way, I have friends and family that are just like, you know, this is incredible. You know, there are so many young, you know, Black entrepreneurs that are struggling to get their footing and struggling to figure out where they need to start and how to move forward and how to navigate all of this. And they were just like, you should really talk about that because you really are just open about the whole experience. And that's pretty much what got me to this point of saying, you know what, I feel like this would be better as a podcast. This is something that somebody can listen to on their way to work, or this could be something that they can listen to, you know, while they're you know, working out or whatever. And this is just some information that they can soak in. And one thing that I stand by and that I am truly passionate about is inspiring more entrepreneurs, specifically minority entrepreneurs and um, young entrepreneurs, people who don't always have these resources accessible to them, people who don't always know where to go or how to get this information um, and how to get the help that they need. And so I'm just like, look, I've been through it all. (laughs) I've been in the trenches for two years trying to make this happen. And I am one of those people where I don't I just don't believe in holding this kind of information into myself. Like, I feel like it's foolish of me to want to keep information like this to myself and keep my experience to myself because me telling my story and documenting my journey could be exactly what, you know, the next successful young entrepreneur needs to hear. This may be the missing piece to their puzzle. They may have everything else figured out and they can't figure out why they can't get past this like little hump. And they're like, what is going on? I can't figure this out. And so I'm hoping that this podcast will be a great source of information for entrepreneurs. Um, But I also want to be able to keep it real with the people who are struggling the most. And a lot of times, most most often than not, the entrepreneurs that are struggling the most are Black people. Black people, Black women. Black women get it twofold because in society, you know, women have never really been seen as equal. And we already know how society views African-Americans. And so I want to be able to help Black people and people of color to navigate some of these things and really, really just tell y'all, hey, 
please don't give up. Please don't give up. Your idea is not stupid. Your business is not stupid. Like you can definitely do whatever it is you put your mind to. And so I want to be able to just kind of talk about some of the challenges that I face, some of the resources that I had available to me and that are, you know, that are available to a lot of people. Um, and then also talk about really what triumphs I had also, and really talk about how I got from point A to point D. <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to even say from point A to point B because I've had different stops along the way. And at this point, I feel like I'm at point D or point E and we're continuing to move forward. And so that's what this podcast is going to be about. Um, so yeah, I want y'all to come back next week. I hope you join me next week for episode two of Breaking and Entering. So yeah, I'll see y'all next week. Thanks for joining me. Bye.